0: going to be looking at a father in the Bible and we just read about him just a little bit uh, uh, ago Um, and this father is not the father that most people think of on Father's Day right on Father's Day a lot of times you hear words about David about Abraham about Moses about these big-time fathers uh, that have played roles in, 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 in the scripture And while those fathers are important, I want to take a look at this other father today. Because he often gets overlooked. But I feel like he encapsulates a lot of what not just maybe fathers go through, but all of us go through in our lives. And I want to take a look at this character. I can tell you as a dad that there is absolutely nothing that I won't do like so I I promised, you know, people would be like, "Yo, Yo Lionel, when you have girl when you become a father, those kids are going to be wrapped around you. And you have girls? Oh, they're going to have you all around your uh, wrapped around their finger." And I was like, "That's not going to happen. What you talking about?" No, nah, I going to be tough. You know who you know who I am? And little did I learn that my kids can do the littlest thing, and all of a sudden, I'm super emotional, right? Or my kids may want something, and I try to get it for them, right? There's nothing I wouldn't do. There's no place I wouldn't go. I want the absolute best for my kids, and I think the absolute best for my kids. Uh, Along with my wife, my kids are the most important thing to me. And if you can convince me right here, right now, that by jumping on my left foot ten times and then going around the block at a full sprint, five times around, and then coming in and consuming a whole jar of habanero peppers that my kids would be guaranteed a future, I have the faith that that would happen. If you could convince me that that was going to happen, I would be doing that. I would be, I'd go downstairs right now and grab some peppers and get ready to eat them. Not, it sounds crazy. But there isn't anything that I'm not willing to do for the sake of my kids. This is where we find Jairus. But Jairus, I'm making light of the eating habanero peppers and running around the block. But where Jairus is, is more dire. He's in a more desperate situation. You see, as a father, he's in a situation that none of us would want to find ourselves in. His child is sick and is in need of intervention. Now remember, this is, I mean, ancient history. This is technically before Christ, right? Before, excuse me, before Christ's crucifixion. So we're talking about early, early, early on. Medicine was different. Health care was different, right? If people got sick, you would have your little remedies and this, this, that, and the third, but you would just hope that their bodies would take over. And, 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 and Jairus finds himself face-to-face with his daughter's illness. And it's not looking good. He's in need of intervention, heavenly, divine intervention.
1: And he goes to the one person that he thinks can help him as he needs for his daughter to be
0: healed. And this is where he has an interaction with Jesus. And I want to press to you today that, that, that even though his, 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 his interaction with Jesus was one that was in desperation, I think it's an example of faith from a father that we can all live by. Whether you're a parent, you want to be a parent, you're expecting to be a parent soon, you're a spiritual parent, you're a father-like figure, we can take something from Jairus this morning, what it looks like to have faith in the moment where we most need it. And that brings us to the title of today's word, Faith of the Father. Let's jump right into it. First thing that sticks out to me is, I look at Jairus, is his faith pushes him towards Jesus, and that's what I want to say to you: faith pushes us towards, to to approach Jesus. Let's take a look real quick back at Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee in a boat. It landed at the other side. There was a large crowd that gathered around him. Then a man named Jairus came. He was a synagogue leader. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He begged Jesus, please come. My little daughter is dying. Place your hands on her to heal her. Then she will live. So Jesus went. With him. Y'all ever been in a crowded market? Like, or remember when we was young? Like, you remember school shopping? How crowded it was, like, in the stores? And, like, you're bumping shoulders with people. Or, like, you, when you go in the mall and you're walking straight. I'm saying we go in the mall. When was the last time we've been to a mall? Geez Louise. But when you're walking somewhere and someone bumps into you. You know that feeling of irritation that you feel? Like, come on. And, like, take that and times that. When you have to, excuse me, pardon me, like if you went to a concert, right? Like, it's exasperating. It's exhausting. There are obstacles keeping you from your destination. You see, there was a crowd that gathered around Jesus. There were actual obstacles in the form of people that were in the way between Jairus and Jesus. And yet, we find Jairus moving through the crowd, pushing his way in order to get to Jesus. Jesus. Let me make sure you understand this, and I want to accentuate this right here. Jairus approaches
1: Jesus. He didn't wait for Jesus
0: to come to him. Rather, he got up, and when he knew that Jesus was in his vicinity, he went to go and find him. The Bible says that Jairus came. Your faith must push you to seek for Jesus in the midst of the busyness, just like this father Jairus did, in the midst of crowdedness, just like this father Jairus did, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the noise and confusion, just like Jairus did. You see, faith requires us to step towards Jesus. Let's be honest. Many times we talk a big game about faith. We say we believe you. We say we say that we believe rather. We say that God is still the God of miracles and he's able to do big things, great things in our lives. But here's the problem. Oftentimes our faith in action doesn't measure up with our faith in words. We talk really big, but when push comes to shove, what we say doesn't match up to what we actually believe, uh, what we actually do. What we do, how we carry ourselves, how you see that faith manifest doesn't correlate, doesn't connect with the words that came out of our mouth. We get so caught up in what we believe our faith should be that if we simply believe, God is going to do. Let me make sure you understand what I'm saying there. Sometimes, unfortunately in Christian faith, and I I believe it, right? You know, God is able to do just what he said he will do, right? Yes, we need to say that out loud. But what does it look like when that faith comes into action? Sometimes we get stuck in that situation, not acting on that faith, Rather, waiting for Jesus to come to us. Can he come to us? Yes. But are you approaching the throne of grace in faith? Jairus, this father, is in desperate need of a move of God for his daughter. So what does he do? He goes out to seek Jesus. His faith in what he believed in Jesus and what he believed Jesus can do pushed him to the middle of the crowd inching closer and closer and closer and closer with each step until he was face to face with Jesus Y'all if we going to have faith like Jairus it must be coupled with action it must be coupled with movement James chapter 2 says what faith without Works is dead. Meaning, the faith that we say with our lips must be coupled with action and activity with our bodies. I'm reminded of Peter, right? He walks on water toward Jesus in, 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 in Matthew chapter 14. Remember, remember, this is what Peter says. He says, Jesus,
1: if that's you, let me. Come
0: to you. There's a story uh, of of my brother when we were really young. I might have told this. I'm going to tell it again. He was really scared. We lived in an older house, and the basement was mad creepy when we were growing up. So my mom says, Leonard, go to the basement. You got to go downstairs. And Leonard says, Mommy, I'm scared. And then my mom says, Leonard, don't worry. Jesus is with you. All of a sudden, Leonard's chest is out. Jesus
1: is with me? Okay. So Leonard goes downstairs and then
0: it's quiet. And then all you hear is ah! making his way back up the stairs. Like, Leonard, what's the matter? What happened? He says, Jesus wasn't there. Right? He thought Jesus was actually going to be there with him, right? Uh, and he found faith in that moment if Jesus is with me, I can go downstairs, right? When I look at Peter, Peter says something similar. Jesus, if you are who you say you are, let me walk out on this water. What does Jesus say? We talked about this a, a, few, uh, a few Sundays ago. Come out. Come. Translation. Jesus, if that's you, if that's actually you, if you're the man I put my faith in, Allow me to walk on this water and come out to you. When Jesus says come, did did Peter say, nah, that's all right. All right, that's enough for me. I'm good. No, Peter actually gets out on the water and walks towards Jesus. So my question to you this morning,
1: does your faith push you
0: in the direction of Jesus? Whether it is just in daily prayer or devotion or in a moment of praise and worship or joy or celebration or maybe even a moment of need or desperation. Does your faith, like the faith of that father Jairus, propel you to land at Jesus' feet? Or are you replacing it with substitutes? Finding something else to supplement or take the place of Jesus? How can your faith, the expression of what you believe, how can it show up in how you orient yourself towards Jesus today? What changes can you make? What must you do to draw
1: near to Jesus?
0: You see, this is really important because as faith pushes us towards Jesus, faith also Appeals to heaven and is not bound by what is happening on earth. Mm, make sure you understand what I'm saying here. Faith makes an appeal to, Jesus, uh, to the heavens and is not restricted to what is happening in our real lives. Walk with me here. Ready? Listen to what this father says to Jesus one more time in, in verse 23. He, Jairus, begs Jesus, please come. My little girl is dying. Place your hands on her to heal her, and she will live. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Did, did y'all get that?
1: Did you understand what just, what happened? Did you hear?
0: Let's make sure. This man, Jairus, first speaks in the natural sense, right? He's talking about what's actually happening. Ready? Jesus, my father, excuse me, my daughter is dying. There is a recognition of what is happening in the natural realm. An understanding of what is taking place here in the physical, here on earth. Jairus does not neglect what is going on. He does not ignore what is happening. He acknowledges the reality of what's taking place. You know, in Christian culture, faith oftentimes is, like, conflated to mean ignorance, right? Well, if I have faith, then this ain't happening to me.
1: That's not necessarily correct, right? Something is happening to you in the real world. And faith doesn't mean
0: that it's not happening. Faith does not equal blindness. Sometimes it's a blind faith that we have. That we don't see what's going on behind us and we believe something different. You know, that that's not faith, that's ignorance. That's ignorance.
1: Not realizing
0: what's going on in front of you. And I think at times, the moments that have been the most transformative in my life are not the moments that are obvious that Jesus can do something. Instead, the moments where there are a ton of reasons, physical, observable reasons, why Jesus probably can't do something. What are you saying, Lionel? Are you saying that you didn't have faith? No, no, no. What I'm saying is sometimes we get caught up in situations and we're confronted with situations where we're even like, whew, this is hard. This is heavy. I don't don't know what I could do here. This is some deep stuff that I'm looking at. I mean, Jesus, I know you can, but are you really able? When there are obstacles in the way, things that stop a miracle from happening, when what we see with our eyes tell us that there's little or no chance of, of a miracle taking place,
1: when what we're asking for is the impossible. See, this
0: is what Jairus does. Jairus acknowledges that what is standing in front of him and his family is nearly impossible for him to overcome by himself. He recognizes the possibility, no, not just the possibility, the imminence, the reality that he might lose, that he will lose his daughter. And that without heavenly intervention, he's going to suffer the worst kind of
1: loss possible. Y'all, let me me say this
0: to you. Ready? There is nothing wrong with stating the obvious before God.
1: Let me me make sure you you understand what I'm telling you here. God already knows what you were going to go through. Do you think it was a surprise to Jairus in that moment? I mean, excuse me, to God in that moment
0: that Jairus' daughter was facing death? Do you think that God was caught off guard when an angel knocked on his door and said, "Um, Jairus is asking for a miracle right now? Jairus, what do you mean? His daughter's dying. I didn't know that his daughter was dying. You think God asked that question?
1: No. He was well aware that that was going to happen. Remember that song? Jesus knows all about our troubles, right? He knows all about it.
0: So if he knows already, there's nothing wrong. And you are not faithless if you go before God and say, God, this is the reality of my situation. Can I get an amen, somebody? Y'all understand where I'm going with this? You can go before God and say, listen. This is actually what's going down. And in faith, Jairus appeals to heaven. You can go before God and say, Lord, this is what's happening, and I need you here. Jairus appeals to what heaven can do for his daughter. Please come and put your hands on her so that she may be healed. Listen. Jesus, come do what I know you're capable of doing. Come do what I believe that I have faith that you are able to do for my daughter. Jairus makes an appeal to heaven at that moment. And what does the Bible say? Jesus comes and follows Jairus. Jairus makes an appeal to the Almighty Son of Man. Please do
1: this. And Jesus says,
0: yes. Hebrews 11, verse 1, we know this. But it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And this father speaks in assurance that Jesus can heal his daughter despite the fact that earthly circumstances say differently. Listen, y'all, when you lead with your faith, you make a direct call to heaven. You make a direct appeal to heaven. You make a direct communication with heaven saying, Listen, I know that you are able to do this. You are capable of doing this on my behalf. You call on the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you. Ever ask or think. You call on the ones that is able to move mountains on your behalf if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Oh, faith. When we pray in faith, when we move in faith, when we act in faith, our faith gives us a direct connection to God. And when we give God that direct connection, and when we, when we connect with him, and we appeal to him, what faith also does is places the control in Jesus' hands. Mm. Walk with me here. Ready? Walk with me. Now, in Mark chapter uh, uh, 5, verse 35 to 36, we, we engage uh, Jesus and Jairus again. While Jesus is speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. He was the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus heard what they were saying. He told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid. Just believe. Look look, look at what happens. You see, because Jesus is Jesus, he, he got stopped, right? We, 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 we skipped that part, right? There's a whole story that happens within this story. Because Jesus is Jesus and everybody knows him to perform miracles and this, this, that, and the third another miracle is performed on the way to Jairus' house. And as a result, Jesus is stopped. And in the midst of Jesus stopping, what happens? Jairus's daughter dies. In the midst of Jairus' faith,
1: in the midst of Jairus' action, things don't work out initially the way he wanted them. To go.
0: Now imagine what Jairus feels like in this moment. He's probably thinking, I made it this far. My faith got me before Jesus. I made an appeal to Jesus and he came with me. And now, just because of this stupid pit stop, my daughter is dead. Listen to the words of Jairus' own people. Yo, don't even bother Jesus no more. Like, What's done is done. There is nothing that he can do. There is nothing that can be done. There's nothing that you can do. Death has won. We lost. We approach here a place that many of us have been to in our lives, just like Jairus, where we believe, we seek, and the worst happens. Where even though we saw it after Jesus, we lost a job. Where even though we saw it after Jesus, a relationship or a friendship ended. Where even though we saw it after Jesus, a child has wandered away from us. Where even though we saw it after Jesus and we and we seek and we and we had faith in him and, and, and he said that he was coming for us, that diagnosis turned out to be worse than initially assumed. Jairus is probably crushed at this moment. This father who's Daughter must have been his world because he did everything he could to get to the only person that can heal her. Just lost the one thing that was important to him, despite the fact that he believed. Despite the fact that he approached, despite the fact that he appealed, despite the fact that he did everything that he could. Almost made it.
1: But it was too little, too late. Now, I love
0: this next part. Ready? While Jairus' people are telling him, don't bother. Your faith has gotten you nowhere. Jesus
1: says, don't be afraid and just believe. Yo, 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 yo. I, I love, I love the, the message translation. It says, don't listen to them. Just trust me.
0: Don't listen to them. Just trust me. Jesus turns to this father, this man who approached him in faith and say, don't listen to the people that are scoffing at your faith. Don't listen to the people that have given up on me. Don't listen to the people that have paid you no attention no more and say it's not worth it. Just believe in me. Have faith in me. Jesus is saying, I got this.
1: Have faith. I got this.
0: Have faith. I got control of the vehicle. Now, 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 I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a person that I grew up driving. Like, not just driving like myself. I would drive everybody. I was always the person driving everybody everywhere. I love to drive. I wanted to drive from New York to California. And then I asked my wife, can we do a road trip? She said no. That was it. It's done. We're not doing it, right? I love to drive. I love to be behind the the, the 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 wheel of a car and just drive forever. So I had no problem driving with people. The issue is not when I'm driving, but when I'm not driving. Like, why are you going so fast? You didn't put on your blinkers. You are breaking too hard. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. Left, 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 left. That's everything that's going on in my head, right? That's everything that's going down. It's the same reason why I had a really hard time being on an airplane. I was fearful of airplanes not because of the airplane. Not because I'm 35,000 feet up in the air going at 600 miles an hour. But because I could not be in
1: the cockpit driving, flying the plane. Not being in control is what scared me. And I had to learn the person who was at the wheel got this. i got to trust them.
0: I have to trust them. Jesus tells Jairus, you made it this far. You appealed to me. I came. I responded. I got the wheel. I got this. They can't see what I see. They don't know what I know. I got this. And we see Jesus make good on what he says. He goes, even though people are crying because they think that the daughter is dead, they even laugh at Jesus. Jesus says, y'all don't see what I see. She's not dead. She's asleep. I got this. And he goes to this daughter and he tells her to wake up. She wakes up. And the Bible tells us that they were amazed at what they saw. How their faith came full circle into a miracle. You see, once you've approached Jesus in faith, once you've made an appeal to heaven in faith, you have to believe that he's going to do what he's going to do in faith. And you have to let go of the steering wheel. And faith is not a one-time thing. It's not a I believe one time and everything works out sometimes it's a constant thing where you have to keep believing and keep believing that's why in the Bible the man approaches Jesus and he says I believe help my unbelief sometimes you have to try to remind yourself to believe because there are moments when unbelief try to creep in and throw you off your game but in that moment you got to turn to Jesus in your prayer, in your meditation, in your own silent time. And you have to believe his words.
1: I got this. The
0: Bible says he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He going to get you from point A to point B. Back to that song. God is able to do just what he said he will do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He is able.
1: Give Jesus the control and believe that he got it. Now, as we close, there's one more thing I want to point out. Your faith may
0: be just what somebody else needs. The faith of this father, Jairus, actually put into motion a set of circumstances that met the need of somebody else. Remember, back to that little story in the story. It was the father's faith that led him to Jesus. And it was Jesus that led, it led Jesus to raise his daughter from the dead. But Jairus calls Jesus forward and as a result of Jairus calling Jesus forward he puts Jesus at just the right place at just the right time for a woman who was bleeding to have an encounter in her own faith with Jesus and meet her need. You see Jairus' faith created a set of conditions for Jesus to be where he needed to be in order for the woman to reach out in her faith And be healed. This father's faith wasn't just for him. Yes, it was for his daughter. But it was for a woman that he did not even know who was in need of Jesus. Your faith may not just be for you. Your faith may be the thing getting you through this trial. But I have a feeling that the faith that you have may be allowing for Jesus to work in a specific way. That he could meet someone else's need who was looking to believe in the midst of their own trial and circumstance. Your belief may provoke spiritually, spiritual heavenly movement at just the right time, at just the right place, in just the right space for someone else to experience a move of
1: God in their own. Have faith like Jairus. No matter where you find yourself this morning, let your faith push you towards Jesus. No matter
0: where you find yourself this morning, seek after Jesus. Look after him. Go after him. And believe that as you seek out in faith, you are making an appeal to heaven. You are are crying out into heavenly places and your prayers and your faith reaches the kingdom's throne
1: and that Jesus hears you. And
0: once you've made that appeal and Jesus shows up, your faith must allow for Jesus to take control and sit in the driver's seat. Watch how Jesus moves, not just on your behalf, but watch how he begins to move in faith in the lives of other people because of the faith that you have. Just like Jairus,
1: have faith that Jesus can do.